Hey everyone, welcome to the One Track Punk Show, the podcast where I chat with guests to see what inspires them to do what they do and what gives them the drive to pursue it. My name is John Layola, also known as One Track Punk, and this week features Danielle Rain, who voices Vetra in the game Mass Effect Andromeda, and we chat about her inspiration into acting. Now, I haven't played Mass Effect Andromeda, so I asked for the assistance of my co-host of the gaming podcast, One Track Gamers. So this is a kind of a crossover episode. Shout out to Amanda and Corey for co-piloting this episode with me. Enjoy. All right, Daniel, thank you again for um, taking your time to chat with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, just to introduce ourselves. So um, my name is John, and I have my lovely co-hosts, uh, Corey and Amanda, with me. Great. How are you guys doing? We're good. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. Good. <laughs> All right. Um, so I have three questions for myself. I'm not sure if uh, Corey and Amanda will jump in with their questions, but uh, to start everything off, I would like to know what inspired you to get into acting? Um, I think I was really young when my friends and I, we would go to theme parks and record shows that they would do and then go home and try to, you know, enact them, redo them, learn everything about it, the songs, the choreography. So I think there was definitely a performer in me early on. Uh, my mom was a model. Uh, my dad was, I don't know, he, he was in business, but uh, they met on a blind date in Manhattan. There were musicians on my dad's side, like orchestra leaders. Um, I think one was called the Tuscanini of the South. So they like were orchestra leaders. These are like my dad's, you know, uncles and stuff like that. So I know there was some, you know, musical entertainment on my dad's side. Uh, but, you know, there there really wasn't, you know, anybody who told me, you know, in my own family. In fact, when I did tell them I wanted to be an actor, I think my dad wanted me to be a lawyer instead. He's like, you know, it's really similar, but you get paid a lot better. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, wow. Yeah. No, I don't think so. So I, they were super supportive though. They have been my whole career, you know, as soon as I told them this is what I wanted to do, they've been really supportive, uh, you know, and there's been great times and there's been times that I, you know, was really struggling, uh, but they have been supportive through all of it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so the conversations the characters have in Mass Effect Andromeda seems very organic um, like when you're riding around in the vehicle, uh, whoever you have with you just starts talking to each other and it's really humorous and done really well. Um, I wanted to know, did you record those lines with the other person in the same room? Cause it feels like a no. real conversation. No, I sure wish that sure would have been fun. Uh, but no, you never saw anyone you were having a scene with there. You were completely on your own, uh, in the booth every time I, did have, uh, you know, that sometimes they would already have their dialogue pre-recorded. Like, I think I had more Drac dialogue uh, to work with than maybe any other character besides the writers, you know, obviously. Uh, but the I think Drac was the only one who I could actually hear, 
you know, his end of the conversation. And for the rest, sometimes it was the director reading their lines that you would respond to. So, you know, that's that's really great editing when they put it together. So it seems that seamless, that banter's just happening between some people really bored, going across Elodin, waiting to get to the next destination. You know, because if and 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 you know, being driven around badly, especially if you're a writer like me who really drives that nomad, like I'm a crazy drunk person. So, <laughs> I'm so glad I don't run into any other you know drivers out there because I don't think we'd survive. <laughs> <laughs> so you would have preferred to to be face to face. Is what it sounds like. You know, it's it's great when that would happen when we would actually have. I mean, even just so much as having the other person's dialogue was huge you know because when you really had i mean you've heard drac you hear the way he talks you know he you the way he's you know all at once he's you know gruff but there's a real warmth kind of underneath there you know that would give you so much to go off of and so i think that like you know i hear a lot of people talking about how drac and vetra have this really cool kind of relationship you know almost like she wishes he could have been their dad you know it's because i got so much from his voice in those sessions you know other people i never heard you know so i was going off of whatever you know person was reading with me. So I do feel like I got a lot anytime I got to work with the actual actor's dialogue. But for the rest, it was up to us to make it as absolutely organic and, you know, acting is reacting. So, you know, how does what that person say make you feel before you jump in there with your line? You know, okay, may let's try it this way instead. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I do think it's, it's a great thing to have other people to act with, you know, cause acting is reacting and you got to have something to react off of, <laughs> but, uh, it, it worked out. I think it worked out anyway. They know what they're doing. And, you know, the, the good directors that we had, like Josh Dean, um, he knows what it needed to sound like or what the goal was. So if I did do something and it wasn't quite there, he could redirect me or, you know, he also is a good actor. So if, if I got lucky enough, I was working with him directing a session. His reads were always really good. Nice. Awesome. Well, from the player's point of view, at least me and Amanda, it did sound organic. So so good job on that. You all did great. It, it sounded like you were all together having a good time. So, so have you guys finished the game? Um, I have. Amanda is pretty much at the end. She's like trying to mop up the the last side missions before she goes to Meridian. Okay. Oh, She's... so because I I did it, I I did it the other way around. I've already been to Meridian. I've already killed the Archon, and now I have like I mean I was like at forty one percent of the game when I had you know defeated the Archon, and now I'm like going everywhere else trying to like last night Elodin for the first time I got it to a hundred percent. Um, nice. I'm, I'm like at around 51%. I've been playing about 40 hours, uh, but I, I've like got a long way to go. And, and I realize I'm really doing it like the wrong way around having, <laughs> you know, accomplished that. And now I'm going off to, you know, d put out my outposts and, you know, get all these places habitable. So it's kind of, but you know, I'm not a great gamer. Uh, this is my first RPG, so. Maybe by, oh. by my second playthrough, I'll kind of know the way I'm supposed to do it. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's a great club. I'm having a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Cool. 
Were there any lines that you specifically enjoyed more than others or interactions that you thought, oh, this one's just kind of fun to record? Uh, yeah, you know, the the one that's getting a little bit of play right now uh, in Liam's loyalty mission, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sad I can't punch both of you right now. That yeah. one was a lot of fun. It was also one of the few times that I actually got to see what we were, what what they had done because it, it had to match certain sounds had to match actions. And it was super exciting for me because, you know, most of the time you you have no idea what you're looking like, anything. And then the day that you actually have to match something and they show you your character and you're moving. And uh, it's like, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Uh, when you saw that you were a Turian, did that change anything? Like after they showed you that from what you were doing before to after? No, uh, they actually, my very first day, uh, Caroline Livingstone, who's the goddess I owe this incredible opportunity to, uh, she told me, you know, gave me all the backstory, told me about Turians. Uh, they did show some pictures of Nyrene, uh, Garrus, obviously, just so I could see what kind of alien I was. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it was just like descriptions and backstory and things like that. So from day one, so never nothing ever really kind of changed even after I saw it, because by that time, you know, I knew who she was and what I brought every session was, you know, basically that part of me that worked for Vetra, you know. Awesome. Yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun. Nice. Uh, um, were there... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, were there any funny behind-the-scenes stories that you'd like to share? Behind the scenes? You know, there were... It, people sometimes ask me, like, you know, who were some of your inspirations character-wise? And, you know, like one of the things that I knew, she's a mercenary. Um, yeah, she's a badass. There were parts that, like, you know, I was inspired in, in parts by Han Solo. I was inspired in parts by uh, Melinda May from S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, so there were certain characters. But there was one line that, I mean, I haven't come across it yet. I don't know where it comes in. But I read it. And it sounded so much to me like, um, and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> and I did it. And when I cleared the tape, I said that the guy who happened to be the engineer that day, he like burst out laughing. Like the two of us had this Star Wars. Oh, my God, that was so Star Wars moment. That to me was like one of the funniest things. And unfortunately, it's a location joke. I'm sure everybody has. I don't get it. But I... You know, it was just one of those locations when you make eye contact with somebody, you go, right, right. That was Star Wars, wasn't it? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. See, that that line doesn't ring a bell for me. But that's the thing about this game is there's so much dialogue and situational things like who you have with you at the time, at what planet, in what location that you could play through, through at least like five times and still hear new things every time. Oh my gosh, yeah, and I'm discovering little things like um, I was running around, you know, the Tempest, and I was going to go talk to Vetra, and she started talking, and she was have she was saying something, and I accidentally hit the button too quick, and I cut her off, and I'm like, what did what was I saying? I don't even know, <laughs> you know, and I'm never going to get that chance again because I have a feeling it's like, well, after you've completed this mission, this is when she says it, one one time shot, that's it. Oh. You have to play it again. <laughs> yeah, I will. But then I have to play with Vetra again. You know, I don't want to try some of the other characters, too. That is true. Yeah. 
you know, there's a lot of fun characters. I, I've had, I did do, um, you know, Jal and Vetra for a while, and that was a lot of fun. I'm my go-to team though is Drac and Vetra, right now. Drac so. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, poor PB and Cora and Liam. They're just like, hello, hello, is anybody out there? <laughs> yeah. Um, before I forget or lose the chance to say this, my younger brother Danny and my older brother Patrick both wanted me to tell you that they both love you. Yeah, you did an amazing job. They both romanced Vetra, uh, myself included. Um, the, the only logical choice. Oh man, that 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 means the world to me. So you know, tell them thank you very much. Vetra I, says, you know, thank you, thank you from they, the bottom of my Turian heart. <laughs> they will be thrilled. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so John, where are you in the game? Are you um, playing? I have not yet. I'm actually waiting. Um, that's why I have the other co-host with me today to uh-huh. fill in the gap. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, good. I hear you. I hear you. But I am I am still waiting for the game because I heard that they're updating the game to um, be better with like um, some some few glitches. So I'm actually just waiting for that to be fixed, and then I'll jump right into that game. Cool. Yeah. No, that the last patch was pretty amazing. Uh, the difference, you know, with the eye shading and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I've been told that part of the charm of the Mass Effect trilogy was, you know, kind of some of the glitchy and the the facial animations and stuff like that. And I I am getting what people say about it. I, I get so into the storyline that all of a sudden I look up and go, oh, look at that. Vetra's floating in the air spinning. Huh, okay, well, <laughs> onward. You know, whatever. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I should just jump in because the, the glitches do make a weird, fun experience. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've been told by gamers that you know, trying to make the glitches happen is the goal for some gamers. Going around trying to glitch something. Oh, speaking of glitches, I once got the Nomad. I told you I'm a really bad driver. Embedded into a ramp. I oh. mean, that thing <laughs> stuck. I, I had to restart the game because it was driven so deep. And I don't know how I did it. No idea. <laughs> yeah. Skill. Yeah. It takes yeah. skill. Sure is. <laughs> okay. And uh, rounding out the questions, our main questions, uh, mm-hmm. my last two questions are, are one is, is there anyone who inspires you today um, that gives you the drive to um, that gives you that special drive to be a better actor and just gives you that big inspiration to do great at what you're doing. Yeah, right now I am watching Feud with Susan Sarandon and uh, Jessica Lange. Oh, yeah. Which is the Betty Davis, Joan Crawford story. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is so amazing, you know, partly because, you know, just the way this the studios operated then you know there's a lot of the sexism and ageism that you know was prevalent then it's prevalent today uh i'm watching you know actresses you know who i've just admired for so long i mean like Thelma and louise i mean that movie is still so great if you watch it today uh, Susan Sarandon is to me really amazing as Betty Davis and I'm finding I really am getting so much inspiration from her because she's taking a character who you know I, I've seen the movies um, I've read about Betty Davis but I never thought I'd like her I thought she was I didn't think she was a likable character and even though Susan Sarandon is showing how tough she is and the, the the things that she's doing 
that, you know, are just, you know, bad. But at the same time, I'm loving this character, the way she's got all these dimensions going on. Um, but it's so grounded. I, I just did a, a self-tape audition and I'm like, I it was supposed to be due yesterday at nine o'clock at night. And so I got it done and I got an e- uh, what, what they call a C-mail first thing this morning saying, oh, we've extended the deadline till Monday at six. Oh. And I'm like, oh gosh, I've already submitted my thing. But now I'm like, thinking about like her performance, the character that I'm working on, and I want to do it again, and I want to do it better and different and find ways that, yes, this character has some really bad qualities, but when, just to make her even more kind of grounded in that way that Susan Sarandon is inspiring me. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's like daily inspiration. It's happening right now. I'm sitting here going, ooh, 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 gotta redo this, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And uh, my last question is, uh, do you have any tips for any aspiring actors? I, you know, I'm a firm believer in classes and training and studying and and stuff like that. Uh, Even when I finished getting my degree, I continued to take classes. Uh, There's a lot of different ways you can take classes now between coaching. I mean, even for voiceover now, I have a couple of people who are amazing who I can call and work with uh, through Skype and things like that on a specific audition or just on an issue that I'm having. Training is obviously, you know, super important. Uh, Improv right now, there's so much call for improv in every field. When I first started in commercials, uh, you were not allowed to improv because that was like an infringement on the writing. And what had happened was if an actor was really good at improv, they would actually steal pieces of his dialogue from an audition and write it into the script. So improv was a no-no. Now it's like every request for you know, whether it's a voiceover job, whether it's a commercial, any kind of TV show, they really want to see some improv in your training. Uh, so that's that's something that's really important. Um, that's, th- that and trying to figure out how the heck you're going to make a living while you're trying to be an, an actor, performer, you know? Awesome. Hmm. Uh, before I begin or continue on, uh, we were talking about improv. I just want to give you a shout out and my friend Sean from Horribly Awkward. And you guys did your improv and you guys, you, you killed it. Both of you killed that improv skit. Oh, yeah. Where I was like the guy hitting on her on, yeah. the, on the, his girl. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, I don't know why I'm always a guy hitting on somebody, but I just, you know, that's that's just kind of where I gravitate. He sounded pretty cute, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you for that. You're yeah. welcome. Well, that's the end of my questions for now. Um, Corey and Amanda, do you have any other tad on? Um, so you've done a lot of TV. Um, how do you think that compares to just doing the voice acting? Do you have a preference, or completely different, or do you like go to one more? They are completely different. Um, There are so many elements that you have to be thinking about when you're on camera. uh, And it's so much more than just the acting. I recently worked on something where it was 
let me just tell you, 16 pages of dialogue. Mm. And because of this particular job that I was doing, I had to know both parts, both characters' dialogue. So that was like 32 pages of dialogue right there that had to be memorized. And I thought that was going to be the hardest part of it, knowing all of this dialogue, you know, stone cold. And then you get on set and it's like, okay, now, and here's this blocking that we're going to throw in, you know, so I got to move on this line, not this one at the end of this line, but the beginning. So 32 pages of dialogue plus blocking for everything, you know, that, you know, you're told move down here, up here, now sit down. Now you're going to get up and move two steps towards that person. You know, it, it, there's a lot to think about on, on camera. And I, there's such a simplicity about just standing at the microphone and just focusing on just your performance, your, this is what my character is going through right now or what you're experiencing. There's a simplicity to it that is so beautiful and, and so much fun. And yes, you have to worry about stuff like, Oh, did my clothes just rustle? Do am I making mouth noises? You know, uh, things like that, that, that intrude, but compared to the complexity of, okay, and which hand did I use for this gesture in that take? Because it's got to be exactly the same. Which way did I cross my legs? Because that's got to be the same. You know, there's so many little details. I, I'm in love with voiceover. I'm challenged by on-camera work. And I still obviously, you know, love it and continue to pursue it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they're very different. Very different. Wow. Um, so do you actually know how to cook a steak? <laughs> no, no, got no clue. Got no, no clue. Okay. I, I, you know, I can do sausage. I can do chicken. Uh, but yeah, when it's steak night, it's like it's entirely up to my husband. You know, he's he's got to. I, I firmly believe in going out to a decent restaurant for a, a nice steak because uh, I, I would, not, you know, I, it's just too too hard. Yeah, and and so <laughs> it's understandable that veterans would look like brown cardboard. Yeah. Like, what you do? Stick it in the microwave for like, (laughs) I don't know, five minutes in the microwave should do it. Let's see. (laughs) Well, did it. Um, Are you playing male writer or female writer? Right now, I'm playing male writer. I did a female writer. I tried to do the character creation, uh, and I am, well, I failed, and she looked mm, horribly disfigured. (laughs) And I, she had like Joker makeup. I was like, I thought I had nice liner. And then I'd see her and she'd be like, she's got a Joker mouth. What is that? <laughs> so I stopped that first play and I was getting frustrated. Couldn't take looking at my own writer. So I stopped and restarted as default male writer. Cause I like, I needed something that was, you know, comforting. And I've actually worked with the actor who is the model for Scott Ryder. So it was like, it was comforting. It was like, okay, I'm familiar here. I'm just going to focus on the game. I'm not going to try to create my own character. Maybe my second playthrough, I'll go for the character customization. And then I, I think Amanda can actually agree with you there. She had a very similar experience in creating. Did you? Yeah, I tried doing the default female writer, but yeah. like, 20 minutes in, I'm like, something's just wrong with her face. In the cutscene, she always had this weird grin. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, uh, no. So then I tried making one. I'm like, okay. 
why am I yellow? And what, what's with these eyes? Cause like all the faces are stuck to a specific gender, specific like ethnicality. Yeah. So you couldn't just swap it and create, like I would rather just modify the default a little bit, but it wouldn't let me. So it took a while to create one that didn't drive me nuts to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And I see people make these amazing looking writers. I, you know, people post a lot of their pictures of their characters there. And I'm like, how do you do that? That looks great. She looks amazing. Or, you know, just totally badass, really cool looking writers. And I don't know how to do that. But, you know, there's all kinds of YouTube videos, how to make my writer. So, you know, there's that. I may have to do that before I try that again. <laughs> I don't want to be looking at those Joker lips. Those were just too weird. Oh. Okay, so my last question. <clears throat> On this playthrough, are you going to romance Petra? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I am. This one, I, I don't know what I'm going to do the next one, but um, yeah, definitely. I may try playing as female writer next time. Uh, go back to to playing female writer because I love Frida Wolf's uh, voice and her work, and you know Tom and Frida, they're just such great uh, actors. I just really love both of them. But uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to to hearing more of Frida's dialogue. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's all I had, Amanda. That's all I got written down. All cool. right. Uh, so, uh, before we go, let's, uh, we're going to play a quick game of rapid fire questions for Danielle. Uh, okay. so I have a few questions that I ask all my guests at the end. Uh, so what is your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Ooh, yeah. 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 Are you a morning person or night owl? Morning. Mm. Yeah. I got animals. I have no choice. Oh. You know, whether, <laughs> no matter how late I was up pathfinding, the horse is going to be like uh, uh, breakfast, 6.30, it's time, you know. So I, I'm kind of like messed up if I try to stay up too late. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> what is your favorite pizza topping? Uh, Italian sausage, mushrooms, and black olives. I have to have the three of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. C cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. Yay. Dogs. Nice. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, my my husband and and my son love cats. They really want another one. I'm just sort of like, oh, can we just stick with the dogs? <laughs> they listen to me sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your favorite movie? Mm, I love the movie Blade Runner. Mm. It's really one of my favorites. Uh, well, I you just you said one. So I guess that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go on and give you and this one and that one. And yeah, no, no. Blade Runner is, is probably one of my favorites. Cool. Are you looking forward to the sequel? I am. I am. I, uh, I, I, I'm watch the trailer. I'm really excited to see what they bring to it. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, it's, it's, it's been a long time. Oh my gosh. It has. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, these last two rapid fire questions are kind of a thinker. What is one goal you would like to complete this year? Um, acceptance of self-doubt. Mm. I, I, I was listening to uh, an inspirational uh, a, a woman named Wendy Braun who does these actor inspirational uh, podcasts. 
And I had just left the set of that job I was telling you about. And it's so easy for actors to like, kind of like what I'm doing with this self tape, you know, Oh, maybe I should have done that. I could have done this. I could. And there was a line in it about actors will never be truly satisfied, but will always be, you know, we'll always have this exquisite self doubt. And I'm trying to think how she put it, but it was, it's, it's like, this is part of what it is to be an artist, that you're never 100% satisfied, but that's what keeps driving you forward to try to make this one even better than your last you know, performance, the last job you did. An exquisite dissatisfaction that, that keeps driving you forward so that you'll be better you know, the next time. And different, you know, because every time you do a performance, you're a little bit different. Uh, certain things will be, inspire you. You'll be in a different place. And that being different is what makes it unique to you. Nobody else will ever do that performance exactly the same way. Uh, it's going to be completely 100% unique to you where you are at this time. That's great. That's great. Wow. All right, and the last one is, you're given a free destination to anywhere in the world. Where would you go? Paris. Ooh. I, I really want to go to Paris. I've been lucky enough to go to some other parts of Europe that um, that are really beautiful, like Venice, And uh, but I've never been to Paris, and I have this burning desire to go to Paris. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's definitely a, a go-to place for me as well, just to visit and explore. Yeah, I mean, just museums alone, gardens you know just the buildings i i just would love to see that great yeah. awesome all right thank you for playing <laughs> rapid fire questions <laughs> i liked your questions those are great those are a lot better than okay the world is exploding who do you save your dog or your husband ah don't <laughs> ask me that <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> all right so before we end our chat is there anything you want to plug or give a shout out to not right now. I just want to thank everybody who's been so welcoming to me uh, on Twitter, the Mass Effect fans. You guys have all been completely amazing, and you uh, have made this experience incredible, and I really appreciate all of you guys. And we appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for taking your time for speaking, chatting with us. It was a very delightful pleasure for all of us to chat with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I love talking to you guys. Corey, Amanda, John. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Uh, so thank you, everyone who is listening to the podcast, these podcasts. Um, uh, what do I say? I've, oh, man, I've spaced out. Um, <laughs> Bravo, John. Thank you. No, because that's the... Two. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Until next time. And as always, game on and get inspired. Bye. 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 Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed this episode of the One Track Punk Show. If you like this episode, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes as well as sharing the podcast with other people who need some inspiration. You can follow me on various social media by searching One Track Punk. Twitter for updates, Instagram for artwork, Snapchat for vlogs. You can also support me by subscribing to my Patreon at patreon.com slash one-track-pump. By doing so, you can get early access to the content I am creating. Thank you, everyone, and remember to get inspired.